Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Friday. It is the 5th of August. This is here first from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Autopsy results say three family members who were killed last month at an eastern Iowa state park were shot, stabbed, and or strangled. The Iowa Department of Public Safety announced yesterday that all three family members' deaths have been ruled homicides. Authorities say all evidence they've collected indicates Anthony Sherwin of Nebraska is responsible for the murders and he acted alone. Sherwin was found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound in another part of the park. The family was attacked on July 22nd in their tent at the Makokata Cave State Park campground. The couple's nine-year-old son survived. Iowa Democratic leaders say a Kansas vote to uphold abortion rights this week shows the same could happen in Iowa. IPR's Katerina Sestarek has more. Kansas voters rejected a constitutional amendment this week that said the state constitution doesn't protect abortion rights. Iowans could be voting on a similar measure in two years if abortion opponents get their way. Iowa House Democratic leader Jennifer Conferst says the results in Kansas show an amendment to end abortion rights would likely fail in Iowa, too. This is an issue that Democrats are in line with the people on and Republicans are not. And it's my job, it's our job to remind Iowans of that. One party is here to protect your freedoms. One is trying to take it away. The Republican-controlled Iowa legislature has approved language for the amendment. Lawmakers would have to pass it again in the next two years to get it on the ballot. Converse says lawmakers should instead consider language for an amendment to protect abortion rights. Federal officials say they have declared a national public health emergency as monkeypox cases continue to spread rapidly across the U.S. Officials say there are about 6,600 reported cases nationwide. About a dozen of those are in Iowa. Centers for Disease Control Director Rochelle Walensky says federal officials have been working to expand access to vaccinations and testing. We're seeing more tests come in than at any other point in the outbreak. And key to that has been our outreach to clinicians. The public health emergency further raises awareness about monkeypox, which will encourage clinicians to test for it. State health officials confirmed Iowa's first monkeypox case in early July. The Iowa State Board of Education will not revisit a local school board's decision to keep a challenged library book on the shelf. Earlier this year, West Des Moines school board members denied a parent's request to remove the book Gender Queer from the district's ninth grade building. Terry Patrick asked to pull the book because it includes graphic sexual images, but the district argued it is written to be an autobiography, not to be obscene. By a vote of 5-2, to two, the state board denied Patrick's appeal of that decision because her child was already a student in a different building when the complaint was made. The book is not required reading, and the district has said it would honor a parent's request to stop their child from checking it out from the library. And the chair of Iowa City's Truth and Reconciliation Commission is in hot water over comments disparaging a Johnson County supervisor. IPR Zachary Oren-Smith tells us that it appears she'll keep her seat for now. Iowa City Mayor Bruce Teague called a special meeting Thursday morning to vote on whether the council should remove Amel Ali from the city's Truth and Reconciliation Commission. This comes after Ali voiced her frustration about working with older black activists in Iowa City in a now-deleted podcast interview. Ali is said to have even called Porter a slur in the interview. Both Ali and Porter identify as black. Truth and Reconciliation Commissioner Eric Harris weighed in during public comment calling the mayor's decisive action a mistake. I just want to say that this is not a good time. This is not a good time to rush this through. 
We've got lots of issues that stay on the agenda for months and months. This is not a good time to rush this through. The council was split on whether to remove Ali or to allow the TRC to handle the issue. It tabled the vote until the next city council meeting. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Farmers and ranchers often try to protect their land and soil, sometimes getting paid by the federal government to do so. And for decades, it's been a pretty humdrum corner of agriculture. That changed when President Joe Biden announced a goal to conserve 30 percent of the country's lands by 2030. Now some are opposing conservation and comparing it to government takeover. Harvest Public Media's Elizabeth Rimbert tells us in Nebraska, the opposition is boosted by powerful support from the governor. Let's go back to Earth Day last April in Lincoln, Nebraska. Governor Pete Ricketts is taking the stage at a conference. But instead of pushing a typical go green message, he's here to talk about the dangers of conservation. He says the Biden administration is butting in to something his state already does well. We do the right thing here in Nebraska. We don't need the federal government lecturing us about the environment. Nebraska's landowners are interested in conservation. They've historically been at the top of the sign-up list to get paid by the federal government for using environmental practices. President Biden praised that in a long document outlining his America the Beautiful initiative. It's more well-known as 30 by 30. It's essentially a goal to conserve 30 percent of the nation's land and water by 2030. The plan is vague with some details. So a group of Republican governors, including Iowa's Kim Reynolds and Oklahoma's Kevin Stitt, sent a letter with questions Ricketts laid out at the Earth Day event. We want to know, what's the definition of conservation? How are you planning to do this? Where's your authority? They don't want to tell you what those answers are. Ricketts has filled in the gaps. To him, it could become a federal land grab. He suggests the government wants land out of agriculture production and will trick landowners if that's what it takes. Americans are now addicted to conspiracy theories. John Hansen leads the Nebraska Farmers Union and has worked around conservation for almost 50 years. He says up till now, conservation was a meeting place between people across the political spectrum. He thinks Ricketts has changed that. What he has been doing is to create question marks and fears and suspicions where there should be none. Hansen says he's afraid it could chip away at confidence in conservation programs that have been around for decades. If landowners who have traditionally used conservation cost share programs and thought about them in an extremely positive way and saying, gee, I don't know whether I should or not, maybe the federal government in the fine print somehow is going to take over my farm. That's never been a worry for Dean Fetty. He and his brother Wayne use conservation practices on their farm in southeast Nebraska. Sitting in lawn chairs in front of a white farmhouse, the brothers say they aren't nervous about losing ownership. They're in control. Dean looks out at the century-old oak trees where songbirds build their nests. He says conservation protects it all. There is no land grab. The government is not going to take your farm there to help protect that ground. They want to see working farms continue to be working farms. It's just opposite of what's being told. 
The brothers know their land will always be a farm. They entered a legal agreement called a conservation easement in 2010. Supporters say easements are tools to protect farmland, especially as more of it gets paved into parking lots or housing developments. But Governor Ricketts told Harvest Public Media that easements are a threat to property rights. You are basically agreeing that you do not have your property rights anymore. You're restricting the use of that land to whatever those covenants mean. But you are giving up the right to be able to use that land in the way you want it. You've given up your property rights. He's gone as far as to encourage county authorities to rethink whether to grant conservation easements. And at least two landowners have had their requests denied. Dean says there wasn't a trace of politics when he and Wayne got their easement a decade ago. And he says they have no regrets. It's one of the better things we've ever done. This farm will be forever a working farm in perpetuity. This farm is a part of us. I mean, it's just an extension of us. But for others in Nebraska, that path to preserving their land might be narrowing. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Elizabeth Rembert. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News that reports on food systems, agriculture, and rural issues. This is Here First from IPR News. Thanks for listening. I'm Clay Masters.